0: Hello and welcome to Babe Cave. (laughs) I'm your host, Amanda Pollock, and this is the book club episode.
1: Ah! (laughs) Hello and welcome to Babe Cave. I am Amanda Pollock, and this is the January 2020 Babe Cave Book Club meeting. And I have my friend, yes, I have someone with me, my friend, Christy Clemens. You have heard me talk about her a lot. I like to do special little shout outs to her. Like she's the only person listening, but I know she's not because you're listening too. But I wanted to bring her in for this first one. She's actually, um, these two books were on her reading list and I was like, hey, let's just do them. So uh, we have Rachel Hollis's Girl, Stop Apologizing against, not really against, but like, yeah, kind of side by side, Cheryl Sandberg's lean in, um, but Christy, thank you so much for being the first person on the book club podcast episode thing. We're doing it. It's happening. It's happening. Well, I've listened to
0: every single episode of Babe Cave, so I'm super pumped to actually be on it. And I'm already debating. I'm like, do I listen to my own voice? I don't know. That's yes. kind of weird.
1: Mm-mm. You know, it's we'll funny. See how that
0: goes.
1: Is that that's one thing that, and also, apologize, I, even though I'm supposed to like, don't apologize, but if you if you hear like something that sounds like a um like a, a fart or something, it's probably actually my office chair, and um I may be burping. But I feel like I've said that a lot on episodes, so we'll just deal with it. But um, about the listening to yourself, it's funny because sometimes I'm like, no, I shouldn't listen back to that episode. I already kind of know, and then like what I said or whatever. And then there's times where I even surprise me. Where I'm like, wow, she kind of yeah. she's, she's a little smart. So you might surprise yourself when you come back and listen. Good point. We'll see. You haven't done this whole chatting thing
0: yet, so you know it could go. Either way,
1: <laughs> so you had these on your book list, and yeah, I feel oh.
0: like people are talking like we're talking about these for so freaking long, especially mm-hmm. Lean In. I feel mm-hmm. like that one is like constant, 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 and even like over the summer, I'd be chatting with someone, and then she, we would be talking about like girl stuff career stuff and she's like come on girl lean in lean in and i'm like this is like a phenomenon okay what the hell i get it like but i was like maybe i actually put the time in and
1: read it so why it, it took you so long because i didn't i hadn't read it either and i have my own things but why for this do you think it was like so long uh
0: because i have no reason <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: like you That's know priority goals you know what's at the top lean in
1: <laughs> I feel like um, well I'm a late adopter with mostly everything like I will hold out until I feel like oh okay like people aren't even talking about this anymore and then I'll kind of swoop in but yeah the thing I wasn't expecting though is that people are still talking about this book and not always good stuff, which I don't think you always have to love every book or the message doesn't always have to resonate with you. But that was a thing that was surprising because when we were talking before and I was like, yeah, you know, I want, I just want to find some kind of opinions or other people's um, you know, what, what people have even said about the books previously and talk about that. People have written articles very recently about both of these. And Lenin came out in I think it was like two thousand and thirteen or fourteen. Really? Um, oh my god, is that long ago? Yeah, it was a it was a bit Whoa. ago because I believe if I read this correctly, because um Cheryl Sandberg's husband died in two thousand fifteen. Oh, right. So then since then also is a like a horrific accident. Like I think it was on a Oh my god fell on a treadmill. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. Um, no. that she has since like changed some of her views in some way of like, that she said that she didn't know how hard it was for single moms. So
0: Interesting. I, found a- I did not hear about that.
1: Mm-hmm. So, mm. so yeah, so I, I mean for both of them and then honestly, like I had no idea who Rachel Hollis was Until a bunch of friends were posting about her, um, about Girl Wash Your Face, which came out in like 2018. And then Girl Stop Apologizing came out last year, 2019. Um, Had you watched any of Rachel Hollis's things or had you even like with Sheryl Sandberg, like outside of Lean In, like what was your exposure to either of them? Um, Girl Wash
0: Your Face. Jackie actually gave me that book, and guess what? Never read it. <laughs> um, so that I'm like looking at my bookshelf. I'm like, do I even still have it? Probably. <laughs> uh, um, and then like Cheryl Sandberg. I mean, I hate to say, it, but it's like I knew her from like the news and Facebook, and then like hearing about her husband passing away, and I was like, oh, that's really sad. But she actually did speak at an event that um, my company had hosted in years past, but. Mm-hmm. Never really dug into it. I just knew she was someone important at Facebook and
1: that's pretty much it. I mean, that's fair. Um, Girls Stop, um, Girl Stop Apologizing. That wasn't what her... Rachel Hollis had a documentary on Amazon on Prime. Oh. And I watched that last year sometime. And again, I don't know why like... I didn't want to read her books, but I was like, oh, I'll watch this documentary. And it was about like her um, events. She does these like big, huge conferences called Rise. And so I was following one of those. And there were so many times though during that that she would say things that were really similar to me. And I was like, "Ooh, I can't watch her so much or I can't read her things so much because I don't want to accidentally say things. Yeah. I don't want to accidentally take someone else's words, which brings us into what I want to talk about. <laughs> because I feel like before we, um, before we dive into kind of the the questions that I've created, and if you're listening to this and you're like, "What is all of this book club stuff? How do I find all of this information?" You go to AmandaPollock.com/book-club and you sign up, and you will get special bonuses. And uh, what I call heart sheets where we have all of these questions that we will be talking about on this episode. Um, but if you want to sign up for our next book club meeting next month for February, sign up now because things go out quickly. You don't want to miss it. And I do special bonus things and the bonus that I have um, or had when this episode comes out um, is actually specifically on, like, the writing of memoir and truthfulness <laughs> and honesty. Um, but <laughs> one of the things that um, Girls Stop Apologizing, was, when I looked up, I was like, you know, Rachel Hollis, Girls Stop Apologizing, criticism, and I had no idea that she had been accused of so much plagiarism, <laughs> Of taking people's Instagram quotes and attributing them as her own and um, even things in her book. And like, I will tell you, so when I first started reading it, there were things where I was like, this feels like I've heard it somewhere else. And I don't believe in a lot of ways that there are really like original, original ideas. Like we're all kind of taking from each other. But if you attribute to the person or, or if you say, Oh, you know, I feel like I've heard this before, whatever. I'm okay with that. But there was a specific part in the book where I was like, Oh no. Um, And she talks about like being in the arena and being bloody and it's around this idea of like other people's opinions of you, how they, you don't get to have an opinion of me if you're not also kind of like battling it out with like blood on your face. And that is legit almost a word for word quote from Brene Brown. And I believe it was daring greatly um, about being in the arena. And it was a quote that inspired her from Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> and so. Oh my God. No way. Uh huh. And it kind of, and like, and and we'll talk about more and stuff. And it's like, I think that there are actually some things of value in Girl Stop Apologizing. But when I started reading that, it it shifted things a little bit for me.
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, it's funny because she even talks about in the book of like, just because someone else has done it, like, don't mind me. Like, you can still do it. There's room for everyone within Mm -hmm. like these realms. And I'm like, okay, well. That clearly there is because you're doing well and you're selling books but you're Mm -hmm. also if you're just regurgitating someone else's quotes like that's how that's not going to be great Mm -mm. but in the same sense though yes sometimes you have to hear the same thing over and over and over again and like the way that it's Mm -hmm. presented to you could actually Mm -hmm. make the difference
2: Mm -hmm. oh for sure that
0: does it for someone then good job because not everyone's looking to like fdr to be like give me tips about the leadership
1: oh i mean well i was talking to my mom the other day about something and it's like oh well actually it was this book so like the reason why i actually can't consume too much rachel hollis stuff is because we do have like similar ideas about things and i for one am very into like time management and owning your schedule. And, and I have to check myself on this often, you know, but like you, you make time for the things that you really want. And sometimes, um, and, and I was even just sharing this with you before we started recording, but that, you know, I had taken on some extra work. Um, before the holidays and kind of had done it to myself and stressed myself out and you know had a bunch of anxiety about things or just feeling like I also had to you know do extra things for people or you know even for myself like you you know you kind of have an idea sometimes of like how your week is going to be and you're like you just it's too much it's just too much you can't do it um but I, I tell my mom this a lot, you know, just like, yeah, you know, you just, it, you have to make time for some of this stuff. And then she was like, yeah. And I'm making, you know, and I, you know, was reading Rachel Hollis and, you know, I'm making time and doing this and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And I was like, are you kidding me? I've yeah. been telling you this <laughs> for years. But then I also had to check myself and exactly what you just said. If if well, that is the thing that made it resonate for her, and she wants to make a change, you know what I mean. It inspires her. I can't hate on anyone.
0: And I would just like to reference a past episode of Babe Cave where <laughs> you emphasize on saying no and that it's okay to say no because yes. you don't always have to say yes.
1: Yes, exactly. Thank you. I need to remind myself of that. I need to go. <laughs> I don't. That's so good. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. because you know, saying saying no to other people is like it is saying yes to yourself. Like it's giving you that space. um Oh man, that's good. You can keep quoting episodes back to me. That's okay. Um, right, okay, no problem.
0: <laughs> Let me go my pull up my episode list and see what else I got in my, hidden in my
1: brain. Um. So was there anything like when you were reading Girl, Stop Apologizing that, and it doesn't but even necessarily like have to be like a, a criticism, but just like, cause I did, and you also were looking at, were you looking up things too?
0: I really wasn't. Okay. Um, I pretty much focused on the book. So this is like, that's good. I'm learning a lot from what you're <clears> saying. <throat> but like, I actually like the first time I read it, I read it and then like, I went back and kind of did my like, you know, regroup of like. Mm-hmm. What did you say again? You know, it's been a little bit. So first time I did not like it. I was just kind of like, mm-hmm. this does not appeal to me. Like, this is not in my bucket. Like, this is for people mm-hmm. that are like, no offense, but I thought of you. I was like, makes sense why Amanda would really like this is because it's like, she has this goal. She's going to do, she's very goal oriented of like, I want to make a podcast and I want to write a book and like mm-hmm. accomplishing that. But like, I don't want to do a podcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, I covered this. Thank you. I appreciate it having me on. And like, I don't really want to do this. And I'm just kind of like, so if I don't have these like huge, big goals, like, mm-hmm. right, you know, like, I don't know what I want to, I don't have something I'm like reaching for in the next 10 years and like building tent poles or whatever it is to get mm-hmm. there. Like, that's not me. Mm-hmm. But then like, back to it, I was like, okay, wait a minute. I was like, people, goals don't have to be this big, majestic, huge, like, difficult to accomplish thing, but it could just be like on the smaller scale of like, you know, how do you, like, what do you wanna do of like getting through the week, you know, mm-hmm. or like making a list of like, here's everything that I, like, I literally made a list today of like, here's the random crap I need to get done around the house. Like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: those are my tiny goals. Will I get to all of them today? Probably not, but will I maybe get to them? Yes. <laughs> So like that, I I think when I was like first going through it, I was thinking like such a bigger scale of like, this is just daunting and no, I'm good, which she blatantly says don't do and like, don't give up. Mm-hmm. But when I went back to it, I was like, okay, I don't know. My initial thought was I could just relate to lean in a lot more. Mm-hmm. That's just because that's my world.
1: That's interesting though um, that you say that because, um, I (laughs) recently, like with some family, like, you know, we had holidays recently and it came up quite a bit, like with family members of like, Oh, you're so ambitious, Amanda. Oh, you're so, you know, you have a goal and you, you know, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but also sometimes it's really fucking tiring. Yeah. I I mean, sometimes it is. So I like when you so when you talk about like tiny goals, like I actually think small goals are so beautiful. Like, you know, if there's things that you just are like, you know what, for me, this is going to be the thing this week that just makes my week. This is what's going to like light my fire. Like I love that stuff. Cause I, I think sometimes, especially in like self development things, you get lost in this whole idea of striving and um hustling, which I don't necessarily agree with Rachel Hollis, because there were times where I was like, Girl, I'm tired. Girl, stop. <laughs> Take a nap. Um but I well, think as
0: long as you did not apologize about it. It's
1: fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. But um <laughs> But no, I mean I think that with some of it it's just like it, it, even if you have a goal of like learning a language or I don't, you know, getting better at some, um, I recently was talking to someone, they're like, I really want to get better at making cocktails. Cool. That's I think that's great. awesome. You know what I mean? Wait, but- how do I hang out with
0: that person? Cause I'm really good at tasting cocktails. <laughs> I think that we could team up together. This is a good, this is a good thing.
1: Um... Well, you are doing a hundred days of no drinking, so it would have to yeah. be have to be later bummer.
0: But um <laughs> Which can I just say my sister told me today, she's like I saw on the news there was a segment for people giving up booze for New Year's and there's actually a term for it. It's called sober curious.
1: Oh yes, I have read about that. Yeah. I've never I've heard that. People, I've known some people who um have Done it for like periods of time, uh, just stopped, and they didn't know when when they would start drinking again. And some of them like went like eight months to over a year. Um, yeah, congratulations to them. <laughs> that's not that's not happening here. <laughs> I think you. I think you. I think you're gonna make it. I think you're gonna be good. Oh man. Um, yeah, that was one of the. The things that I found that e- – and even though Rachel Hollis does say, like, whatever your goal is, you know, and she, she puts it on, like, even kind of a micro level, I think the um, enthusiasm that comes through in the book makes it feel that sometimes it, you know, maybe makes it feel like it's bigger. Like, because yeah. she talks a lot about her goals, not necessarily, like, other people's goals. So she's talking about all of these things yeah. that she's doing. So you're like <gasps> – Oh, oh, okay. So, you know, I don't have a kid who's going to karate, but if I did have a kid who was in karate, I should be writing and I should, you know, like. Yeah. It's like,
0: not everyone's like, oh, I really want to be on the Today Show and write a New York bestselling novel and like all this kind of stuff. And it's like, okay, well, congratulations. That was your goal. But like, you could just say like, I really wanted to make a pretty science project. I don't know, something <laughs> small. No, I've... Sometimes I've, even putting together a puzzle, that is
1: a good accomplishment. Yo, I, um, it, it is, it. you know what, like, I don't know, I feel like there, you can find contentment and, um, satisfaction in so many things, like, I actually completed a hard Sudoku puzzle on a plane Ooh. recently, and I was like, yes, queen of the world, <laughs> also i think it's funny because the easy and the medium ones i could not i messed up both of them but something about the hard one um it's because you were focused i was like determined well i really thought that the people who were sitting next to me could see all of my mess ups on the other one so i was like i gotta do real good <laughs> they had no idea Well, that's
0: why like competitiveness and like Fitness yeah. classes works really well for people.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, okay. So that's, okay. So yeah. something, <laughs> you're like, yep, get out your words, <laughs> Amanda. Um, well, because you were talking about like how you don't have nest the goals that you have, you know, don't look like, you know, some of what a lot of people talk about now you know, of being like thought leaders or, you know, whatever it is, or having a podcast or writing, you know, doing a blog if people still blog. Um, but you do have a competitive drive. Like you are a high achiever. Do you feel that people expect different things of you because you do perform at such a high level or because you're in a corporate environment? Do you feel that just kind of expected like does that make sense like you know if you were yeah yeah
0: i feel like i'm more like when it's like the corporate stuff of like here's what you're doing and you're like great here's my assignment there there you go Mm. like the stuff that really gets me going is like when i have like when it's something to do with like creativity or something that i'm really excited about because then i will try to find out like how to outdo Like something else, whatever it is, and even if it is like for work stuff. Like we used to, we have like a big meeting on Mondays, and like there's like a hundred people in this meeting, and like they started making it so like everyone has a chance to like become a host, and then it kind of slowly got where people were doing themes to theirs, where it was like here's a picture of this, and like like there was one person that did like zoo animal theme, and one person did like the Joker, and then they were like oh christy do you want to host it? And I was like oh, I don't think you understand who you're asking. And so then I ended no up doing idea. a full blown Carmen San Diego episode for everyone um, that was just kind of like mic drop and then not to brag or anything, but totally bragging. They stopped doing it because people were intimidated because they didn't have enough creativity, which, you know, sorry guys, but, uh, she so just asked me to do it again. So. Whatever. But that was, like, more of, like, I get competitive with myself to be, like, Mm. oh, yeah, you thought that was good? Just you wait. But then if you ask me to do some random work assignment, I'm, like, here's your blah fill in the blanks. (laughs) You know, fun
1: things. Very motivated. (laughs) I like that, though, of, like, that you're always competing against, like, yourself or – You know, it's not necessarily, and maybe you're competing against like what other people have done. You're like, ooh, okay, well, that's that's good, but I'm gonna make it better. Well, I want to make, you know, I I think that I think some of those things can be really healthy, especially at work, and also knowing like what it is that you actually do like and you don't like. Something I thought about um, uh, with um my job we've done a it's called the i think I've talked about this before um but it's a colby test k o l b e and it's yeah. your mode of operation so how you operate in the workplace and i think that and this kind of goes into to lean in and um Sheryl sandberg and but um you know you're you're kind of often told especially in a corporate environment like this is how we do things this is what's going to work best and nobody questions it until people start questioning it. And yeah. the thing about Colby was really interesting because for me, um, so the, the whole thing for your mode of operation, it's, it's how you react when a problem comes up. So for me, the first thing that I do is I brainstorm. I brainstorm, I just talk. I mean, I talk to myself all the time. I, um, I brainstorm and then I explain And I've also realized that like my explaining sometimes can come off as defensive, but it's actually just innately like I have to get these words out and just explain what happened. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And there isn't anything like, you know, I I totally hear you and I'm like, I just want to explain what happened. And then I go to research and something else. There's like four phases. And then the kind of cool thing is that you're on a team is that it shows you where your strengths and your weaknesses are and where everyone else's strengths and weaknesses are. So you can kind of all work together and you fill like: I do gas. remember
0: listening to that episode. I can tell you where I was walking when I was listening to that episode. <laughs> I was like, wow,
1: that is so interesting. And I was like, I wonder how I can take that test. You, you, I think mean it's like $60 on the internet.
0: Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> but it did it reminded me of something that like our ceo actually told us of like the difference he was reading some book and it was like the difference between a leader and a manager and how like if you're stuck for like you know underground like in the mines or something with a group of people a leader is going to be like we're going to do this and like kind of show you the way but then a manager looks around and says okay you are really good at climbing. You are really good at digging. Mm-hmm. You are really good at this. And like really figures out to the same, you know, test thing of like, how can people all find within themselves like the best way to bring out, be best in each other, mm-hmm. to work together as a team.
1: That's a really good point. And that's also something um, in lean in that she talks about, you know, especially of like hiring good people, Yeah. And trusting them and having to trust them. And I don't even think that's like necessarily just directed towards women, but I think that it's really powerful when you also have people who are in leadership, who are talking about those things like, that are like this, you know, it, it it is their job to kind of curate. Some of those things and responsibilities and making sure that people are working, uh, especially in a corporate environment, but like that, that that they're working with all of the tools and things that they have. So like, you know, and what you were even just saying, like what lights your fire, you know, especially like in a creative sense, like maybe intimidating to other people, but so you should be spending more of your energy where you're good. And the Colby's really interesting because it shows you where kind of like your percentage of energy, like where you need to spend the most time and where you need to spend the least amount of time. And it gives you indications of why you may be underperforming. Yeah. I like that. So I think though.
0: that's also like one thing that Cheryl Sandberg said in lean in was like, you like, you like one of the most important things is the ability to learn quickly and contribute quickly that matters. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, I was like, think about people that like start a job and like, you can either have, you, it can go two, one of two ways of like, one, I've always been in the bucket of like, I want to kind of learn and like take everything in and like see how things are run before going in and like changing everything and be like how here's what you should be doing mm-hmm. and some people are complete opposite and like you never really know like how it's going to settle in like there's some people that it just doesn't and then there are other people that it does and it, it's just always a hard balance to kind of figure out and so I think that just even like thinking about the two books like girls apologizing it's more of like that leader of like here's how I'm doing everything and she doesn't really necessarily kind of like tell you in this circumstance of like here's how to deal with all that stuff other than like don't ma- it doesn't matter what they think you know mm-hmm. and lean in is more of I don't know see more like managerial of like team effort we're all working together you can't just go off on your own and become a bookseller on your own because you need to help You need to have people help you.
1: She does talk a lot about other people. And, um, you know, even with the criticism that came out about her, and this is especially like things that like happened with Facebook and Russia meddling and, um, you know, there's just a lot of criticism of her. But even in that criticism, the thing that I found, it was like in a box article and then also with Vanity Fair, but was that she started a conversation and she also – It was in in this Fox article um, by Catherine Goldstein. Um, She said, irrespective of Sandberg standing in the court of public opinion, which has undoubtedly changed, the conversation is moving well past her brand of feminism. Women are realizing that looking out for each other is even more powerful than just looking out for ourselves. And how I initially read that was, and because it was the whole kind of vein of this article, but was that it was more of a dig at her. But I also think that that was exactly what she was saying the whole time was looking out for other women. And I mean, she, you know, gives that, um, uh, what was it? Um, you I mean, know, her she,
0: first example was about the like parking situation.
1: Right. And how she was pregnant was, like, and there was no maternity parking and, or expectant mother parking. And that was like the first thing that, she wanted and how yeah. she never thought of it before. But then she was like, well, now we need to make this happen. Yeah. I think there's examples all over the book of her looking out for other people. And, you know, I don't think that because she is a C, you know, in the C suite mm-hmm. at Facebook and, at, and, and was at Google, like that, that should, you know, I don't think that discounts anything that she's saying. It you know, it reminds me of in Roxanne Gay's Bad Feminist, how she talks about how everyone to some degree has some privilege over someone else. And just because your per- your perceived privilege is of a certain level, it doesn't mean that you can't still speak out for other people or about a topic. Yeah. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Um because she does talk and you know, she the thing that I feel that I appreciated about lean in was that there were also these very like tangible bits of information that I think could get overlooked. And I really liked what she said about mentors and, yeah. and gave like actual tangible things about timeframes and, you know, saying how you have to do work before you get a mentor, before someone will want to invest in you. You don't just wake up and say, oh, I would love for Sheryl Sandberg to be my mentor. I'm going to send her an email. That, that's not actually mm-hmm. how it works. But the thing I appreciated too is like how she was, she gave these actual examples of how she has seen other people interact with their mentees and then how she has, she interacts with other people. And she gives like time frames, you know, even of just like, even if it's 10 minutes or, you know, and even like little scripts that people have said to her. So yeah. you're really walking away with something instead of, you know, just kind of these kind of, and it's funny because initially I liked girl stop apologizing first. And then as time got on, I was like, okay, but you're just kind of yelling some of these things into the wind, you know, these little catchphrase type things.
0: Yeah. Oh, totally. Oh, I liked how like, she, also, she just felt more honest of like, I'm happy to like meet with someone and then, you know, have the meeting, but then come back to me and be like, here's what you said at the meeting. And here's what you owe me because like, she's got a million things on her plate, but she's still willing to like pause everything to like help you out. And she will not only do that once, but do it twice. It's just, everyone kind of has to pull their weight and she, you know, you can't just put everything on one person and be like, Oh, here I set a meeting and you told me all this stuff, and you told me you were gonna get to me, and like you didn't. But like it shows that she appreciates proactive people to then follow up to be like, "Here's what you told me you were gonna do. Now mm-hmm. I've held up my bargain to remind you, and now you need to, you know, finish it." Mhm. Because but it also, also one thing I really mm-hmm. really liked is the yeah. um the fact that she went into meetings without a laptop and just with like a paper notebook. Mhm. Because there's so many times that you're in a meeting and people are just distracted and not paying attention that it's like you're not actually there and actually present. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a small
1: thing to show that she is. The bosses who I have had, like especially in corporate stuff, um, who I would say had like the – the biggest impact on me individually, but then also just like with teams overall, were the ones who, yeah, maybe something would come up on their phone or something. They always had paper in front of them and they were always sitting there engaged. And since then I've been told like, oh, you know, you should never write things down on paper. Because then other people can't find it. And then you're just copying things to other, you know, things and you're just wasting time. And I'm like, I'm just really old school. I like writing stuff. and But there is something very different, especially if you have a boss who then is also sitting very present. Because, I mean, I'm just thinking about like even in college, people with laptops. and like, you ain't freaking listening <laughs> to anything. No. I don't care what you're saying you're not engaged in any of this and the truth is is that if we're all showing up it doesn't matter for whatever meeting that could have been an email if we're showing up in this room and it was important enough for all of us to be in these seats looking at one another we should really be looking at one another and able to hear each other
0: yeah well it's even like and I know I've definitely been guilty of this I think we all are for this but like when you're with your friends, you're with like your person you're sitting at a table with and you like, put your phone away. Like mm-hmm. just put your phone away. Like you don't need to like be texting and involved with all these other outside conversations when it's like you should treasure the moment that you have right there. Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah. <laughs> um, there was another, um, another little bit that what you some something you were saying was uh it made me think of this but it was a in vanity fair by nell Scovell and um she was involved with like writing the book um with cheryl and um well actually she um wrote it with her yeah anyway um So this quote is from this article and she was like, you know, lean in is filled with stories and studies of how women who speak up or stand out pay a price. So Cheryl was aware that she was opening herself up to attack where businessmen like Warren Buffett and Jack Welch get to expound from a position of expertise. Cheryl has been knocked for her position of privilege. In the book's introduction Cheryl tries to anticipate this criticism she acknowledged her financial resources and the most women are not focused on changing social norms for the next generation but just, but simply trying to get through each day she also emphasized that by focusing on what women can do for themselves she was not blaming the victim but arming the victim and it was I think it was something just of us like talking about meetings and stuff and I then I was thinking of like I've worked for a lot of men, Um, but that's really, that's a lot of what she talks about, you know, the, the disparagement um, amongst the sexes. And I found it that it wasn't necessarily like a woe is me type thing, but she was also just giving you more and more tools so that you can approach some of those things and empower yourself and get that money that you deserve. You know what I mean? yeah
0: like, yeah I just think that it's although she I mean they're both kind of like focused on like one is goals and one is the workplace of mm-hmm. like but there are so many other places that you can like really use, use it you know
1: mm-hmm.
0: like the stuff which was kind of consistent for both is like we put ourselves down before anyone else can Mm-hmm. that was mentioned in like both of them which is like it's all about gaining confidence and doing this and just you know when you have to surround yourself with confident and proud people and I think Rachel Holmes brings it up but I think that Cheryl kind of really puts it together being like women need to stand up for women it's more specific like
2: mm-hmm.
0: there's not as much like men versus Women in Rachel Hollis's book than there is in Cheryl Sandberg's.
1: Mm-hmm. And I have that um, that point in the in the heart sheet questions, and I say that you know Rachel and Cheryl talk about downplaying one's success as a huge mindset block for many women, and Rachel shares how she barely mentioned um, her successful like um, event company. Or no, it was w- when she was blogging and um, she had like a staff of five people because she was worried about what other people would think. And then Cheryl points out that far too often women reduce their abilities and achievements around other people before other people can knock down, you know, their own goals and dreams. And I thought that was, you know, it, it's funny because, I mean, going back to what you said before of like, you can hear the same thing over and over and then sometimes it just takes Um someone else saying it. And it was kind of the combination of both of them where I was like, wow, <laughs> this woman, you know, had a staff of five people and she was barely telling people what she did at a party. And, and then even in the corporate, you know, environment, like Cheryl was talking about, you know, you just, oh no, I'm, you know, oh, I'm not that great. Or, oh, you know, oh, I just threw this together. Or, oh, like whatever. It's like, why? <laughs> yeah. Because we want people to like us she- more.
0: You know what's so interesting, though, is I find – okay, so this is nothing to do with career, but it's all to do with, like, dating profile stuff. Like, so I have a friend. Love it. And she immediately is, like – she's on all the apps, whatever, but she's, like, will always first be, like, nope, nope, nope. Like, she'll find something wrong with no matter who she's looking at. And it's so interesting. It's, like, I, I like, heard this or I read this somewhere where – when, like, girls and women will like put so much information on like their dating profile, like, here's all the things I like, here's all the things they don't like, here's my job, here's this, and like all their glammed up shots that have them look like them, you know. But like, men don't put that much info and they just put like pictures of them with their friends, and like, they're not nearly as like glammed up, maybe because you know, they we have the makeup advantage and whatnot, which they do too. Hey, everyone can wear, <laughs> but she immediately is like, absolutely not, absolutely not, absolutely not, and like it's like there's all these people where I'm like if I knew like if I like there's okay even now the guy I'm dating right now Rob like I probably would have been like no I'm not going to date him but like as I got to know him I was like I thought he was like an onion I'm like who the hell are you I'm like this is, he's got this whole, like, he's, I've, I mean, I'm dating him. So I obviously think he's like the most fascinating person ever, but I'm like, <laughs> just some people, like you don't necessarily like get the full story. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's a reverse situation when it comes to like dating versus like workplace of like, here's everything. You're almost like trying to prove yourself when you're dating, but you're not trying to prove yourself when you're a career for a girl.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really that's really interesting, especially about what you said about like how women put and and we use more words than men. Um, I mean that's proven, um, but that's really interesting about like the profiles because even when I've been, I like I'm not an, on any apps any, anymore because. Have not had some good experiences with some of them lately, and I'm like, maybe I'll try to meet people in the real world, um, not just staring at the phone. But the ones who like don't put any like effort or anything, I'm like, no, heck no, yeah, I would never. But then there's this thing where you're like, but and and it becomes kind of a job interview. Like Mm -hmm. I've told myself recently, well, this last year, it was like, okay, any day to go on, I'm not going to give someone my resume because it's such a weird thing to have that, you know, as ambitious as I am, as, you know, goal-driven as I am, as much as I'm like, I love to like sit here and like, it's new year, you know, like the new year and let's, you know, like write down all my goals and all my dreams and whatever. As much as I like that, I also don't want to talk about this crap all the time. Like yeah. I don't, even when I did improv, like there were times where I'm like, Oh my God, if I go to another bar and I see another improv dude and who's doing some bits and we're just, you know, doing bits at each other, I'm going to slam my head up against the wall. Like, yeah, you can't, you can only take so much. So it's like for, I've kind of had the reverse, like at least when, I don't talk about, I didn't um, have anything about a job. I, <laughs> so <laughs> they were really taking a risk because you have no idea. But I <laughs> talked about things I liked that I wouldn't talk about resume stuff. But then there was a the guy uh, this last year, but um, it was all he wanted to talk about was his resume. And I was just sitting there and I like a challenge to myself. I was like, Don't you do it, Amanda. Don't you talk about any resume stuff. What you're trained to do.
0: It's like, you're supposed to be able to like knock out like your, your elevator pitch. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. but you get so defined by like this short little, like one sentence, like tell me about yourself. Like that's always what people lead with for like, no matter what scenario you're in. And it's like that, what you say in that one sentence is like how people
1: will immediately think of you. Mm Mm-hmm. What, so what do you do? Like that tells anyone the like a full story of who you are. Like I, I think that's the thing that for me is always missing. So it's like as much as there's things too where I appreciate about like both of these books and like empowering women and all of this stuff, It's it's funny that I'm having this reaction, but I'm like, I know, but there's also like other things You know, like, yeah, it's not even just because, and I've shared this plenty and it's also in my book. I've been laid off a lot of times. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, and I I think I've shared about this on here, but I mean the moment that my Nana actually understood where I worked and what I did when I was working for time down in Birmingham, as soon as she Figured that out. I remember I had just been laid off and nobody had heard yet. And my mom was like, Oh, yeah. And she was so excited and she's so proud of you. And I was like, And then then it was Thanksgiving. And she was the first person to come over. And I was like, I know she's going to say something. I just know she's going to say something. And I was like, You don't know that she's going to say anything. And I was like, I do. And the first (laughs) thing she said when I opened the door, Oh, my gosh. So, how is your job? And then what do you talk about? <laughs> Where do you go? Yeah. It's like, oh, I don't have this job title anymore. So who even knows who I am? Oh my God. But, you know, I mean, and, I mean, to your point, when you have to, you know, always be giving an elevator pitch and I don't even think that, you know, of course it's with dating. I mean, cause that, you know, you're like, oh, I gotta, I gotta hook you. But um,
0: no, I literally, I remember I there was one guy that I was like chatting with on the app and before we even like went out to go grab a drink he was like we need to have a phone call and like I was on the phone call and it was like the first time that like anyone's been like have you been married before do you have kids and I was just like oh my god I was like you're literally going through like a checklist and I was like I felt (laughs) so much like I was like auditioning for this and then of course like I guess I mean I made it through the you know round one of audition. I like, went like for a drink with him, and like, this guy is so freaking weird, like. And I was like, why did I just waste my time? And so then I was like, I need to put it a priority of like, it's not just your checklist, but like, it's. It, you know, well, I mean, I don't mm-hmm. want to have like my own personal checklist, but like, it's just just weird. It's like a, whatever. It's a yeah. I mean, you're not auditioning friends, right? No. Like that doesn't happen for friendship friendship it just develops but like people are like this needs to happen I need to land this person
1: ridiculous Uh, well that's interesting too because I think it goes into some of like what these books are where there's this new kind of idealized version of what an interesting person is and you know, I, I love Ted talks and, you know, you know, I mean, I, I, I love this ish. I do. But I think that especially with the internet and just our, um, kind of exposure to so many different people who are doing so many different things, we also kind of believe that anyone who then comes into our life needs to also be like, doing really interesting things and if you're not doing really quote-unquote interesting like whatever that means that you don't really have value and that's not everyone but I think like I mean you know even in Nashville or even in New York you know it's like sometimes it's like people want you to be doing something like how can you add value that's why I thought it was interesting when you're talking about you know um uh, Rob like Just peeling an onion, like there are so many things to people. So even maybe someone doesn't have the desire to be an entrepreneur, you know, whatever. But maybe girls stop apologizing, gets them to like open up to something else that isn't even something that you'd be like, "Wow, that's really cool." Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna quote something right now. Do it. The best part about meeting with
0: all these people, I remember that I was valuable. For most of us, we can go. We can know that we're good at our jobs, but we forget that we have incredible skills that would be great assets to someone. That also sounds a whole lot like my dating interview method, which I know you can't trademark an idea, but consider it declared like Michael Scott declaring bankruptcy <laughs> on The Office. I, that was a little excerpt from a book I read recently. Have you heard of it? <laughs> <It's> called Reincarnated, How <laughs> Lost Dreams, Jobs, And love set me free.
1: By Amanda Pollack trademark. (laughs) 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 Oh my god! (laughs) I mean... Like, I'm sorry, but like, that is like probably the best part of any interview I've ever done because I was like, oh my god, is, like that sounds like something I would totally say. Oh my, and then I was, uh, yeah, and Michael Scott is like, Yep, yeah, I remember that. I wrote that, <laughs> that's my book, Reincarnated How Lost Dreams uh, Loves. <laughs> you can buy that at slash <laughs> sure. Um. <laughs> Yeah, you can buy it, and $1 from every purchase goes to St. Jude. So you're helping you me go. and helping the children. Um, but, yeah, read that one more time. Oh,
0: ma'am, I just lost the page. <laughs> Jeez, come on. Oh, here it is. Here it is. The best part about meeting with all these people, I remember that I was valuable. For most of us, we can know that we're good at our jobs, but we forget that we have incredible skills that would be great assets to someone. That also sounds a whole lot like my dating interview method, which I know you can't trademark an idea, but consider it declared like Michael Scott declaring bankruptcy on the office.
1: And I think I was talking too, like, I mean, you just get so tired of telling people the same thing over and over. So you're like, and you and I have separately talked about this, but like when you like, we're still dating, but like just a one sheet of like, oh my God, just here. we We know the things like, you you know the things that are going to make someone laugh. You know the things that are going to be like, oh, this is so impressive. Like, I, I know. Like, I, I know. I know. You know what to do after a while. And it's like, it's so, um, I find some of this stuff too even hard for me because I do have these big things that if I consume too much of this stuff, I get sucked in to the vortex. And then I just forget like, Oh, Amanda, like you, and this is just a small thing, but you know, small goals. Um, something the last couple of years I've been trying to do is like cook and bake more. And. Mm-hmm. Because I actually have a kitchen, you know? When I lived in a tiny little studio in LA, I actually just had a hot plate. And I think that was actually even technically illegal. But whatever. Um,
0: <laughs> so couldn't you, like, catch both walls with, like, your... I could. Oh, it? my gosh.
1: I could. I remember... Yeah. When I would have people come over, and I we would sit on my daybed, and I would pretend like it was a couch. Like, I had all these extra pillows, but I was like, this is so freaking weird. But, um... But I had this thing of like, oh, I want to, I want to cook and I want to bake. I just want to know more things. So I have a few recipes that I kind of pull out in my back pocket that I kind of know are like good. And there's this recipe that I have for these cinnamon sugar, cinnamon sugar like donut muffins. Yeah really freaking good but i went to a christmas party actually actually uh, when i was in california for christmas these little donut muffins did a whole tour in everybody's house is the only thing i made the only thing i brought and people were like oh my gosh these are so good my little niece was like well first when i pulled them out she was like just sugar pure sugar i was like um yeah you're welcome. And then she was like, these are so good. I was like, Oh my God, there's nothing like a five-year-old telling you that whatever you, Oh do. my
0: gosh. Um, you become like the world hero.
1: Basically the people kept saying, Oh my gosh, these are so good. You know, how did you do this? And I, I, I was like, I stole it for, it was a recipe on the internet. <laughs> I'll give it to you. But see, and then um, What
0: happens next year? Are you going to remake that recipe or are you going to like try to
1: one up yourself? Um, I don't know. Also, like, who even knows what's gonna happen for Christmas next year? Like,
0: oh, you don't have a whole year plans because uh, I do. I know what I I'm wanted. Just
1: I, know what I, know, I know what I know. What I know what I want to do, but um, no, every year is different. So, so just this year, I I impressed people, but I also felt like I don't know I. I used to have these friends in LA who would like, one, um, one pseudo friend, but um, it was like a really great baker. Like great baker would always bring stuff to these parties and people would just love her. And I was like, I would just love to be like her. And I don't want to be her, but it just felt like, oh, like I can do this too. You know, I have some kind of, and my mom is not a baker. My stepmom is a baker. So I've kind of gotten enough from both of them where i'm like i just want to do some of these things where like i feel like oh someone i could bring something to someone's house or someone could come over for dinner and i could make something that doesn't taste like garbage <laughs> but tiny goals like i forget some of those things sometimes you know cuz when people start talking to you they just want to know like oh what are the big crazy things that you're doing oh how much money are you not making that's going to work <laughs> yeah I mean, do you experience like some of this stuff too, even with, um, with lean in, like being in the corporate environment, like what was the thing, like the one thing in there where you were like, thank you. Somebody else said it.
0: Well, the thing is, I don't know, like, I hate to say this, but I'm like, I can agree with as much as anyone says and be like yeah you said it you're totally like understanding me but like look at the demographics of the people that are reading it it's only like primarily our women are reading this so like mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. get the message to men is not necessarily mm-hmm. as easy as like stand up for your lady friend. you know like no because like I still like yes we have like some women leaders at our office and we, but we also have like men leaders and like it's still present of like just the stuff they say and the way that you get treated like I remember a place mm-hmm. I used to work like there was it was all like men that were like the top positions and then we were like everyone else that was like working for this company were like all women that were just not at that top position and like one of the guys would come and be like oh hey ladies and I'm like really mm-hmm. like it's just and I mean obviously that's not like that bad of a thing to say mm-hmm. but like it was it's just a whole sometimes you feel like you're just stuck and like Mm -hmm. you need more guys to like read this and be aware of it. And like, it's that stuff where like, Cheryl's never just realized that like, it's an issue until she goes through it. But then Mm -hmm. a white privileged man is not going to understand what it's like to not be that ever, basically, you know, like they're not, they're not going to get it.
1: No, I mean, it. it's such a good point because um, I'm specifically thinking of an instance where um, I was on set and I had a, um, you know, for anyone who's listening who doesn't know, like I have a a background in video production and amongst other things. But, um, I, I was on set and there was this, you know, there was this dude who he had hired, um, as a camera operator for something for a gig. And the, the job that I was doing was not working for a video company, but I just stepped into this role cause I had done it before. And, um, this camera operator, I had said, you know, to him because we were we were interviewing some um, one of our clients, and you know, I said something of like, yeah, you know, I um, let's get him in this other shirt and let's record some more because I don't want him just to be sitting in this one situation and just be in the same shirt. Like we need to change it up a little bit. And he turned around to me and he said, "Well, just so you know." And as soon as he said that, like my eyes went black, and I oh. was like, "Ah." Oh, mm. Like, I'm about to break some ish. And he was very defiant with me the entire time. And my boss was there. But um, my my boss at the time was there and, you know, didn't really, like, see any, like, you know, saw some stuff. But I think, too, like, you kind of only see what you see. And even if you think, like, oh, that's a little odd, it might not hit you the same. And so, separately – we had had a conversation and, you know, he, to his credit, this boss is like, is actually really great. Like is, you know, when you sit down and you explain things, you know, we'll really hear you out. And there was, there was a moment where he just said something of, um, not to the effect of like, don't take it personally, but it was kind of something along those lines of, you know, don't take it to heart too much. And, And I've never really done this with a boss. And so I was actually pretty proud of myself. And also kudos to him for also receiving this because I think sometimes it can be hard to have these conversations. But I said, you know what? Um, I have produced hundreds of pieces of content and I have also been in front of the camera long enough. And I said, but the... I said, so, but the one common thing in all of those is that I was a female. I said, and so I only know what it is to be in that situation as a female. I said, Mm -hmm. but I also know what it is to have a man look at me like my opinion doesn't matter or they don't have to listen to me. I said, and the truth is, is that that person was hired for the day. So anything that I say is actually what needs to happen Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter how, whatever I say comes off or how they meant it or whatever it is. Like, you know, if you want it to be, and and this is something too, that, um, that Sheryl Sandberg talks about in lean in is like, you really can't separate some of this like personal and professional stuff. Like you, you really just show up as yourself all the time. Yeah. So so I I never really understood that where it's like, well, you're taking this too personally. Well, if you want someone to, you know, and, and I mean, I had, um, a supervisor at Whole Foods tell me that when I got really upset about, uh, a schedule thing, um, that was just a whole other thing. But, you know, like just looking at me saying like, you, you need to remove the, the emotion from this. And that really upset me even more because it's like, Mm -hmm. wait, so if you're, you know, I, I typically really only work places where, like, I believe in the mission. Like, I believe in the things. Like, yes, there have been jobs where I like, just had them for a job, but for the most part, I really show up fully present. Um, customer service, strangely, is actually a huge strength of mine in certain situations. And um, if you hire people, <laughs> if you hire people to be passionate and committed and dedicated. Do you not expect that they would also be upset or their feelings would be hurt sometimes?
0: Exactly. Well, that's why I liked when, like, because Cheryl, like, brought up the point of, you know, there was a time that she was, like, crying at the office. And it's, like, we've all been there. And, like, if you look at a job, like, you look at a relationship, like, the, the second that you stop fighting for a relationship, you know it's over. And so if you're not passionate enough to like keep fighting for it and like keep fighting for what you believe in and you are just like torn down which like I mean sometimes I feel like this at work actually a lot of times you're just kind of like what's the point anymore like mm-hmm. what's the point then you lose all interest and you're just like people walk all over you and there's nothing you're not giving anyone anything positive you're just going there you know not to. Deciding, like like today's going to be a good day you're just going and being like get me through today so I don't have to be here and like you don't want to surround yourself with people like that you don't want to be someone like that so like you should have people you know like it's sometimes like you'll see people like leave the job and they're like oh well they were miserable anyway and you're like it's not really the taste you want to leave in someone's mouth you want everyone to like work together and like you know like your work environment where like everyone may have different strengths and nobody's the same, but you all work together and you're all passionate in your own ways. And like you help each other and support each other. Mm
1: -hmm. And that
0: comes from like, not necessarily being like a girl versus a guy, but just like in general.
1: Oh, totally. Totally. Because
0: I did think going back to like the, one of the beginning things of like um, lean in Mm
1: -hmm. where
0: she talks about like how even like being raised and how like, when you're really little like boys play on their own more and then girls are like talked to and comforted more. And I feel like, not that I want to be like for future generations, like, Oh, you're a boy, you're a girl. I'm going to treat you the same. Just sit in the corner and keep yourself entertained, you know? But like, it just, I think just having an awareness of like seeing these little things and like making a point to, I don't know, to mm-hmm. make a change.
1: Oh, for sure because even um and I think it was yeah, my notes. Um no, oh, it's going to take me a minute. I took a lot of notes. Um it might have been it might have been Cheryl but something that oh, you know, when she talks about like smart like daddy or pretty like mommy. Um it's on page forty-five, in case you're wondering. Um, <laughs> Cheryl talks, she talks about that of just like the language that you use, especially with children. And I have been very cognizant of that, especially the last few years of like also. Um, well, I a friend who I used to babysit pronouns. for. Well, yeah, and but a friend who I used to um, babysit for in LA, I remember she um she was like, yeah, you know, I've been reading this stuff, and it's you know you're not really. Sub- not supposed to but you know to instead of saying oh you're so smart say you worked really hard at that oh you were really clever in how you you know discovered that and and she had a daughter who is beautiful and but they were very careful to like not have that be the only praise yeah and to not have that be the only definition of her worth and i i felt like you know, there's even things too for, because we're really like that, especially for Cheryl Sandberg, like we're, oh I mean, we're, we're millennials, which it's just so funny to be in your like early to I'm mid like, thirties and people though. are like, oh, you're millennials. And I think that they have this different idea of what that is. I'm like, no, we're the people who you messed up with the crash of 2007, 2008, How's it going? (laughs) We're those kids. And I didn't get a participation trophy. I just want to say, everybody keeps saying that. I didn't get a participation trophy. My dad would actually.
0: Everyone got a trophy.
1: Well, also, I, okay, so (laughs) I want to, I'm going to come. We got trophies, but I thought all of those trophies were garbage because I saw everyone else get them. And I was like, no, I know that. The only thing I did was – I mean, if you gave me a trophy for, like, elbowing girls in basketball, I deserve that trophy. Oh,
0: my God. But all of the other
1: ones – and my dad was my coach. My dad was my coach. Oh. But even though I was like, I'm going to throw this thing away, it means nothing. It just has my name probably misspelled on it, even though my dad's the coach because nobody can spell Pollock. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> um. Well, that's
0: the funny thing. It's like this is what's happening now, and, like, this is what's going to shape the, gener- the next generation – But then there's still going to be something of like, you guys messed up and you should have done it this way. You should have done it that way. I mean, like people are criticizing Mr. Rogers for being like, everyone's special because not everyone's special. Like, why are you saying that? And it's just like, no matter what, there's no (laughs) way around it. Any
1: single thing. I hadn't heard that. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, also, okay. You know, just... Before I, before I go to this next thing, um, well, actually, you know, talking about like, um, you know, people messing up, whatever, but um, there's that quote at the end of Lean In and it's a Susan B. Anthony quote and it's like, our job is not to make young women grateful, it is to make them ungrateful so they keep going. So I thought that was actually a really good point. It was like, no, because if you're grateful, then you're complacent, Right. And you're yeah. like, no, it, it's good and it's whatever. But I think that's a really good point, though, is that, you know, for any of this, people are going to have criticisms and they're going to have things. And like, I think that's actually insane that people would say that about Mr. Rogers.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, uh, right? I'm like, poor guy. Like, I, from and, the beginning.
1: And also, I do, I actually have always had an issue with people saying that you're not special or this whole thing of like, you're not special because I actually, I just don't believe it. I think everyone is given innate gifts that make them unique. If you want to say that they're special, that's fine. That's great. Like it doesn't threaten me. I also think that there's this assumption that if you claim something, and this even goes back to these two books, if you claim something, oh, then you're entitled. Oh, then you Oh, you know, who do you think you are? And it's like, okay, so for instance, um, you know, like with you, I think that you have an ability to like even even what you were talking about with that meeting, like you have an ability to plan exceptional moments for people, like you don't think of just like this basic whatever like the the things that you have planned for other people, for these these moments for them to live in, is amazing. And also, I mean, you're probably like one of the only, uh, you know, I have a handful of people who I talk to all the time, but like, you know, you're a person who I can just talk to for hours because we do, but you I know what I mean? Like well. that, that's a special, that's a special <laughs> quality. There's something, you know, I mean, there's. There's little special things about each person, and I don't think that it's bad if you say that you're special. I just think it's not totally productive if you think you're special and you think you're above other people. I think that's where there's an issue, but I don't think that if you, Christy, believe that like, yo, I actually have like some just innate like abilities to make some like kind of magical-ish happen. I think that's pretty amazing. And I, I think it's okay that you that you say that. I don't, you know, I don't begrudge you any of that. People be crazy.
0: People are crazy. But going back to the book, mm-hmm. um, see, I feel like lean in, there's just more there. Like there's mm-hmm. goals and everything in the first one, but like lean in, there's a lot of like pieces that you can pull out of it and make it like four different situations like, how she's talking about, like, when people are looking for a job or, like, there's no perfect fit for, like, the next big thing that you're doing. Like, mm. you're never going to find something and be like, oh, my God, this is perfect me. So it's like, guess what? You're probably not going to get it. Let's be mm-hmm. honest. But then, like, you have to, like, make the opportunity fit you and be like, okay, you know what? I've got this. But how can I grow it? And how can I make it so it is my own and I'm taking ownership of it? And that's for everything. Mm-hmm.
1: I, yeah, I think that was like, that was also such a really good part because I think we all know what that is like to feel, I mean, she talks about the, you know, job descriptions and, you know, how much we feel as women that we have to meet a job description. So then if you feel like you see something or there's this job or this opportunity where you're like, no, this is my thing, right? Like this is my one yeah. chance, like how devastating that could be. And, you know, I I think, too, it's like that expectation versus reality. I've been kind of obsessed with this idea for a while now. And, um, you know, this expectation that, oh, if there's this one thing that, like, we feel that we deserve or that we can, that we would be so good for, that that is the only thing that matters. And if we don't get that, then we fail. And like when Rachel Hollis was talking about if she didn't make the New York Times bestseller list at number one or whatever she was a failure and I thought it was kind of interesting that she still thought of herself as a failure in some ways and it was like I mean okay I think
0: it's it's like I told we've chatted about this like last week when it was like oh got a promotion okay great but it's like and my sister and I just felt like it was such like a blah thing just because Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I don't feel like it was I just feel like the approach to how it kind of all fell into place is not exactly my ideal situation. And my sister brought to my attention, she's like the difference between men and women for like getting promoted is that men will sit back and they will not do anything that's more required of them until they get their promotion, until they get the title, until they get the pay. But until then they're like, Nope, I'm not doing that. But then women have to actually like prove themselves and be like, no, I can do this. And so then it's like, I've been sitting and doing, this job that I've felt that I deserved for like a couple of years. And finally it's like only because I was the one being like, Hey, hello. And then it was like, Oh, you yeah, know, hold on, hold on. You're not ready. Mm-hmm. You're not ready. It's like, you have to prove yourself. And then like, now it's like, I've worked really hard and they're like, oh, okay, here's your title now. And it's kind of like, now I'm like, well, now I've already been doing that title. So like, what's my next title? Like, where can I go from there? And it's just such a, a weird thing of like, you know, I feel like I would have, it would have been so nice mm-hmm. to be able to like feel appreciated. And so mm-hmm. feel like I tried, I like pushed so hard to then get the basics of what I expected, you know, like mm-hmm. weird.
1: Well, and, um, and that's what she talks about in Lean In though, of like, especially when you're even trying to get a promotion or a raise that you actually can't she says can't and i don't know i think some of this you, you do not like anything in these books like there's always exceptions to things and there's nuances that you can't um you, you can't dive into every nuance of every situation but um but specifically that like you as a woman have to talk about your value for other people and how you've helped other people but men talk about like what they've done yeah and when I heard that I was like oh because see some of this though <laughs> I gotta tell you I'm like oh I mean some of this like it doesn't apply to me like the uh, people's opinions of you I don't care
0: that, but it's it's also like we're I've at the never... age of we've seen it all we've done it all but like when you're in your like early 20s or even like when you're 15 or 16 like you mm-hmm. care a lot about like what people are thinking I'm like now of course it's like with age I'm like I could care less what you guys think I'm gonna do you know like the same way that you get embarrassed to your parents for like them walking too fast or too slow or doing oh my something. god I still but- do that
1: though I'm-
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah absolutely but now like with- <laughs> you're <laughs> like daughter, um I'm like, no you're walking
1: <laughs> no you're walking way too slow on the sidewalk I'm gonna poke you and then someone gets mad um oh but my gosh. um No, I think for largely like I haven't cared about what people thought, but I will say that sometimes I think that you're seeking approval from people and not necessarily that you care about their opinion, but you just – there's like a a group or a club that even – especially in your early 20s that you think like it would just be so cool to be there. And I think that for some of this – as I was reading it and I was even thinking of like being younger and like working in, you know, some jobs and even just jobs that were just paying the rent. But I really liked being there. Sometimes, you know, you, for instance, I'll, I, work worked somewhere in LA and um, I had a friend who also started working with me and I had been, Um, I guess, like, I was the newer person when I started, and I was kind of like a little sister, you know, kind of take you under the wing, but I thought I was pretty cool. My friend started working with me, and then she became this thing that people loved, and they would, you know, decorate her desk for her birthday, and they would do all of these fun things, and they would do whatever, and... It's not necessarily that I needed those people to like think that everything I did was amazing. You know, it's not like I needed a stamp of approval from them, but there was a thing. And I think especially what happens like, and, and this even goes back to, um, what she talks about in lean in of like, likability that women mm-hmm. have to have in the workplace, but I could feel like, Oh, like I'm not in this club and she's way different than me. And there was something where there was this thing where I was like, but I thought we, okay, well, I don't know what to do now. Like, I don't know how to be in work because I feel that I'm being compared to this person. Yeah. We're we're the same age. We were in the same, I guess, like level of like our careers And, and they just took to her more easily. And I will say that you you were even talking about like, you know, when you're not feeling a relationship and you kind of check out and, you know, that's the same thing with work. Like I did, I totally checked out and because I also just didn't see opportunities for both of us to be there. And maybe that was me being in my early twenties. Maybe that was a culmination of things. Like, I mean, there were actually meetings that I was not invited to like they forgot I was in another room. Okay. Um, But all of that to say, I think that it takes us being cognizant of some of those things. Like I can look back and I could be like, oh, okay. Amanda, maybe some of it you were in your head. Maybe some of it you were, you know, a little, you know, you were, you were thinking about some of these things too much but also maybe they just really did like her because she was kind of fawning all over them and they, you know, like they, they and whatever, it's okay. It, it, yeah. It, it's okay. Because also too, I think that something that I really want people to hear, but it's like, you know, not every work situation is going to be like your tribe, you know, like not every, and also And this might be like counterintuitive. I don't know. But if you really hate your job and if you hate the people who are around you, maybe look for another job. And I know sometimes that's not possible. Believe me, I've been there. But there has to be some element of your job that feeds you. You know, like there has to be something.
0: We had this like multi-generational panel thing at work a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and there's a woman that I work uh, closely with, and she's, I, she was in her, she's in her 70s or so, but she's, you know, surrounded by people that are in their, like, 20, 30s, and one question to her was, like, how do you, you know, what, what, how do you keep going, and, like, how do you stay young, and how do you feel young, and she was, like, I constantly, like, well, I surround myself with young people, and that's obvious, but then on top of that, anytime I'm doing a job, and I feel like I've stopped learning that's when it's time for me to go and it's just like it's such a small thing of like not putting and also just not putting up with like crap you know like if you're in a bad relationship if you're in a bad friendship if you're in a bad work situation or a bad living situation like it is your responsibility not your responsibility but like you are the one that has the power to change it like Mm -hmm. nobody else can come in and be like here let me help you you know like you can do the best you can you can get yourself you know get your resume ready you can go out and like meet people you can go and you know make a change of you know figuring out a new living situation or whatnot but like you are the one that needs to like drive to your goal and like if you need to get your your posts in the way of like okay what are the steps to get there but like if you're unhappy it is on you to change it because no one's going to come and save you immediately it's Mm -hmm. not a disney movie Mm mm-hmm
1: Well, Tiana kind of talks about that in Princess and the Frog, but not that I know anything about that. Um, (laughs) That's like one of my favorite, um, but I think that's technically Pixar. But anyway, no, I I totally agree. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. That's not Pixar. Princess and the Frog. No, no. Pixar and Disney, they're the same thing to me. Oh, my gosh. No, totally different. I have a cousin who works at Pixar. Oh, bravo. I I try not to talk about it because I'm like, I really just want to go and play soccer on that soccer field in Emeryville but um I, I used to hang out there when I was doing my movie stuff yeah you know just hanging out people are listening to this yeah. like what are you guys even talking about and they're like this is when everyone from California is alike <laughs> and it's like if you only knew but anyway ugh. but um guys Christy's from California too if you didn't catch that but um but no I mean I think that um. For so much of it, too, you can also kind of read this thing where sometimes it feels like, oh, we're just up against all of these walls and, <laughs> you know, like, what do we do? We can't really do anything, you know? And I think the truth of it is is that, like, I think the more we talk about it also, and to your point, the people who are reading these books are actually not really the people who fully need to – be changing Get something. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, that, that is such a good point, you know, but hopefully some of these people are also then, um, cause I think that then there were like lean in groups and, um, some of the articles that i read, people were saying how, you know, they started asking for raises. And I think that you can only hope that you would then, um, find people who were like, Oh, I want to bring you up because, um, you know, to your point of you're the only person who has control over some of that stuff. Like, I think sometimes we forget how incredibly like powerful we are in the sense that there are so many more tools. And this isn't even like from a place of privilege, but it's like, do you realize that you can go to the library and use a computer? And, or check out a book or even just read the book. I don't know, maybe you don't have a, a a utility bill or something that you can prove, you know, you live somewhere, but like you can sit and you can read a book and no one can do anything about it. Um, but there are just so many more tools that we have. Um, so many more resources. There's also so many free things that you can do. There's so many, it, I don't care what town you're in, but there are meetups for anything. Even if you're just like, I want to crochet. I want to meet someone. I don't know. Like there's too many, there, there's too many things, but there's so many things that you can do to change your life. Even if it's volunteering, if you want to meet people. I mean, my mom volunteered, um, at a, a, a clinic in South Carolina and ended up meeting the president of the company who, where she works now. Like, yeah. Well, I actually think she was getting paid. I think he was volunteering. I can't remember. Anyway, I don't know what my mom does, but she was making that money. Want to talk about a hustler? But um, but I mean, you just you never know. I think that for me, that is what it always comes down to is that like don't say no before someone like you even ask someone else like a question or like don't you know automatically assume that that's what they're gonna say. Like yeah. just show up. And then if they do, you know, like then take that information. Cause I want I just want to say this one thing. When I worked at Whole Foods, I worked there on and off for like seven years. And I have never been more confident than I was there asking for a raise. And let me be clear. You were really? me my- Oh my god. Oh my gosh. I I like I can, you know how sometimes you see yourself like from up above and you're like yeah. oh yeah oh and also um i worked at american eagle uh, i got i got my full raise every single time and we're talking about a couple of quarters but hey but, but there were people like even at whole foods i remember i would walk it cuz you have to self evaluate and um and this is before amazon bought it and probably like ruined everything but um you self evaluate and it's like on a scale of 1 to 5 and like, I knew where I wasn't good, like, let's be clear, but I was really good with events and, like, customer service stuff, and, I mean, I could sell the crap out of anything. It's crazy because I also am, like, not good at sales, but, like, if someone came through my line with, like, some cheese, I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know what? Upselling can totally do it, especially when it's about food. Um and then anyway, but I just remember like sitting there being like, yep, I'm a five. I'm a five here. I'm a five here. A four there. Like I would just do like a four for like my places where I needed to improve. But I wouldn't say anything else. I would really just like slide that piece of paper across to my team leader. And I was like, yep, I'm about to get that money. But in other. But did you? Oh, yeah. Oh, every single time.
0: There was not a single doubt from them of like. Every... Do you really
1: think that you just? Mhm. Like... Mhm. Because I also the funny thing is that I actually did the opposite of what she says that you're supposed to do. I like I totally talked about my value, like just my value as a team member, all of the stuff that I did, and didn't talk about what yeah. I did for other people. Um, but then when you go into other work, like it's just a different thing. I don't know why I was so like but it seemed like there was, and maybe too, it's the negotiation part of like, I had to fill out a piece of paper. You know what I mean? Like when you, when you work in other situations, like you're not always filling out like your own review. Yeah. You're not doing it like on a scale of one to 10, you know? So it's not like when you talk to your boss, you're like, okay, so I just want to talk to you about a race. Great. So on a scale of one to 10, I think that I'm a 4.5. So I definitely like, re- you know what I mean? Like in retail, there is a cutoff. Like the the raise is very specific. Like it's not really negotiable. Um, but I did feel really good when I had like a coworker tell me that he made like, n- oh my gosh, it was, I don't even want to say it like on the show. I'll tell you later. But it was like not a lot. Like the raise was so bad. And I was like, what? I would quit. That is ridiculous. Um, and you're evaluated every six months. But I was like, also, well, what have you been not doing? Because like, that's really bad. Um, but yeah, I was super confident there. Yeah, but, but it's also it. because there's defined terms. When you go other yeah. places, sometimes there's not. So you're like, I don't know, uh, $3 more if you're working out <laughs> You're like, I don't know. <laughs> more a year, like you just kind
2: of,
1: it's like, my sister is an accountant, so she'll tell me like,
0: here's how much people at her company are making, and it's like, not necessarily their salary, but it's like the bonus, that's like, absolutely astronomical, that's crazy, and then you're sitting there, and you're like, how does this compare to my company, Mm. and then how does this compare to like, what I make, and like, I think one big blip was that like, I saw, before my boss was hired, but like, I saw an email that, said what she was requesting for her salary which was like three times what I I was making and pretty much you know same now and I'm like I don't know how that landed out but like it's one of those where I'm like like you see how much work you're doing and you can never really compare it with like someone else because you don't know exactly what they're going through and how much work that like you don't see of theirs but like it's mm-hmm. still such a it all comes down to money and it really sucks because like you it's that's just how our life is and especially if you're living in a city and you need to pay rent and you need to have this like there's no way that you can just go and live your dream and be happy and do this because there's so much hard work that goes into that and like there are a lot of people that it's like oh i'm privileged because i was given this grant that, you know, I are automatically made the connections and I already knew all these people. So like, I was able to take like three steps ahead, but like, not everyone has those opportunities. I'm like, Hey, I know that I've been given those opportunities. Like, I'm not, I'm not anyone, but like, and I've lucked out and I've been thankful for those, but it's that thing of bringing it back to Cheryl, where you know, you have to, You may have the opportunity and you can go and meet with Sheryl Sandberg and be like, here, you're my mentor here. How can you help me out? But then you also have to make sure you do the follow-up and you have to make the effort to get that going and get that happening, to step up, to pursue whatever dream it is, even if it's a small dream where it's not your big life goal, but it gets you one step advanced to where you are now.
1: Mm-hmm. And going back real quick to what you were talking about with pay, um, she talks about that and she, um, page one eighty five, um, she says, "I'm paying them for the quality of their work, not for the hours they work." And I think, sometimes yeah, do, especially when we're talking about raises or you know whatever it is. Like, and I, I saw this post a while ago on LinkedIn, and it was talking about how, you know, you really need to stop trading time for money, and it's not that you know it takes you. No time to do this, so you shouldn't be paid for whatever. But it's that you know someone is paying you for all of the years of experience that you have, for your ability to do you know turn things over so quickly, or for your ability to create you know really amazing experiences. And I think that's just something that's kind of lost sometimes. Um, but but no, and and to that point, what you were just saying, like I think that if you talk more about the things that you actually want, you'll realize that there are so many more people who also want to help you. And I can, I can personally say that for myself that, and it could be the the smallest thing, but it, it's amazing. Like you actually don't know what other people are doing or thinking or needing or wanting. Like, I, I think we get so caught into our own lives and we think like, Oh no, like no one, people wouldn't understand that. I'm terrible at that. I will 100%. I hate talking. It's funny. I I hate saying that I have a podcast or that I'm doing this or I'm that because I've had so many conversations with people who didn't get it Mm -hmm. that I didn't want to talk about it. And it wasn't until recently that I had a conversation with my mom and she was actually asking me genuine questions. And I was getting frustrated because I also realized if she doesn't know all of the things that I'm really doing, then I'm really not explaining it well. It's not that she's stupid or, you know, she just like wouldn't get it. Um, It's that I'm not doing a good job of like explaining the things that I actually really want. And it was when we sat down and I actually had to like explain things in a way that wasn't dismissive or, you know, just super vague that she really understood. So I've also um, challenged myself. You know, if someone really asked like to really dive into that stuff and to be excited about it, because I think that makes other people excited. And it has been like night and day. There are people who I'm like, What? You do what? You wanna do what? That is crazy. Like even one of my aunts, like over Christmas, like, oh my god, I got bam I didn't get bamboozled into like going over and wrapping presents for her. I mean, she paid me, but she said like there was ten and then there was a million. But anyway but we were talking and like, I didn't even realize she was in this book club. And they were talking about all of these books and stuff. And, you know, I was telling her about starting this book club and it was just, it was a good reminder because I think sometimes we don't give people the benefit of the doubt. And we assume that people are, have certain mindsets or things or whatever. And we just, we count ourselves and other people out so quickly. And it's like, just, just like what you were saying, but like what we were saying earlier, especially about like you know, even the things that are on like a dating app or whatever, like how much does that really tell you about a person? Like that doesn't tell you the depth or, you know, the, the things that they're actually thinking or doing right now. So why would we assume that we know even the people who we talk to every day or, you know, people who we just come across, like that we would know how they would react to us or that they wouldn't also want to give us their business card, help us, you know, like you just don't know where other people are. So I think you always have to live in a, a place where you're just open and and also willing to receive help from people who you wouldn't think to receive it from.
0: Yeah. Well, I think also just like there's so many times that you just kind of get in your mindset of this. Like if you just start asking questions, like, like to make an active effort to not put it on you, but kind of Find out from someone else because when you find out more information about someone, first of all, they open up and they're more willing to share more information. But then you also get some insight of how can we work together? And it's not necessarily how can you help me or how can I help you. It's there's something here that, like, is this like middle ground of like, you know, one of those, what is it? Venn diagram. There's you there's me and then there's something here. Mhm. Figuring
1: it out. I like it. So, as we wrap this up, what is like one thing and it could be from either, but I feel like we've talked a lot more <laughs> about Lena. I know, and you know what's so funny is I didn't like it when I first started reading it. I was like, oh my god, so many numbers, oh my god, no, so many, and <laughs> and um, which is funny because I love research and you know stuff like that. But um, and girls stop apologizing is so easy to read, but then like, I, you know it's just it's funny. That's that's why I really love books and stuff is because sometimes you think the thing that you'll love you actually especially when you just have some time to think about it you have different yeah. questions but um, what's one thing that you wish that young Christie knew with these books in mind
0: I know I'm like well there's so many things <laughs> um, I think the, the kind of things that really stood out where I'm like I don't know because it's like I feel like one is so job oriented and one is like personal goal oriented for like each of these books where like, I feel like in my career life, I wish that I had a better ability to be able to kind of go in and assess the situation and be able to like take the reins and go. But I feel like in such of my work where the positions I've had so far, it's always been like, you need to be there for a full year to understand like exactly what goes into it. And, like, the people I've always worked for, I've always stepped in. And, like, there's been someone that's been there for years and years and years. I mean, like, this is how it's done. And then I go to a place where there's people that come in. And, like, the first thing they do is they, like, change everything. And so, like, I I don't know if I could ever be like that just because of the route that I've taken in my career path and where I've come from. But it would be nice to be able to, like, really embrace risk a bit more and like Mm. know like people they've hired you for a reason like you are here for a reason and there's something that there's you know there's a reason for it and like you there you're there's some quality that you don't have to just like go with the norm and figure out like how everything's run but you can take it and make it your own and make it better and people will appreciate it instead of like "No, no 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 that's not how things are you know, mm-hmm. I wish I did that because I feel like I just, you see other people and obviously you shouldn't compare yourself to everyone else. But like, I've just had a slower, steady kind of like route about this. But then mm-hmm. again, I have no dreams of like being the head of a company and doing mm-hmm. all that. Like, I don't know. I'm like, I just pay me lots of money and then like, let me be happy and <laughs> travel a lot and like be creative. <laughs> like, its is it that hard? Really? Yeah, but then, yeah, just, I don't know. It'd be nice to, like, have told myself 10 years ago to, like, not care as much, but...
2: Mm.
0: And also get rid of the crap that doesn't work.
1: Mm.
0: What about you?
1: Well, see, now you're saying things. I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to take that. Um, I'm going to piggyback off of what so-and-so said. I think she's, I think Cheryl Sandberg said that and lean in about, like... How that, and maybe I'm making that up, maybe it's a different book, but I thought there was something in there about that. And I was like, you know how that's like a good thing to do, you know, to give credit to other people. I was like, actually, I hate that so much. I hate when people do that. Like, I want to pay back off. How about you just create your own thought? How about, that was in college. People do that all the time. I'm like, you're just saying that so you can just keep talking and actually say the same exact thing that someone else said. But anyway. (laughs) I digress. Um, it's like sometimes you don't realize that you have like these strong feelings about things and then you I know, I and know. And like, oh my gosh, I've been holding that in for so long. Um, I think for me, it's sit at the table. And in Lean In, she talks about a, a situation with some, I think it was like interns or something. It's a very similar situation to which I talk about in my book Reincarnated How Lost Dreams Jobs and Love Set Me Free, available at AmandaPollock.com. Um but, <laughs> but I I think too, and that even goes for like my personal life and my professional life. Like there are times where you feel that you're not good enough, that you're not worthy to be around certain people or to date certain people or you know, to go after something. And the truth is, is that like I've held myself back more than anyone else has ever held me back. And that's a realization that I've (sighs) recently come to as I've been doing goals and dreaming and vision crap. And, you know, I'm just like, oh my gosh.
0: I don't think there's any turning that off though. Like, I just don't think it's possible.
1: Well, I I feel like
0: for so many different scenarios, like you're always like your head's always going to the worst scenario.
1: Sure, I think that I think some of it for me is more of like replaying tapes from years ago and situations and things. So even when I was talking about that situation where I was, you know, I, my my friend started working with me and people started liking her more and it's not necessarily that I cared about other people's opinions of me, but I was just like, Hey, just like me too. Oh, but you just like her better. And that was just a really hard thing because I honestly didn't believe that like I cared about their opinion or anything, but I just wanted to be able to like, be okay enough to sit at the table to, you know, just, it's okay that I'm still here. Like we don't have to be the same person. We don't have to, you know, any of that. And I think for so long in some, in like some ways, I think I, and, you know, um, there, I have multiple episodes about crap like this, but um, the toxic episode, which is actually a more recent one, but you know. Oh, yes. I listened to it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Um, (laughs) But sometimes you're just around people who actually make you feel bad about yourself. They don't, empower you they don't make you feel that you are awesome and I think you should be around people who lift you up like you shouldn't be around crappy people and so for me I was you know I I didn't always have like you think you have good friends it's funny I just finished The Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes and it's such a good book and she talks about kind of imagining these really great relationships with certain people and they were actually really toxic and I was like oh yeah i ha- I definitely have some of those imagined friendships for sure yeah like i i could I could name them, but I'm not gonna but um but but, I think for me, there was this time where like I don't know what happened, but it's like after your mid twenties kind of later, like you're i don't know, you're in this weird limbo, you're not thirty yet, you still kind of don't know what's happening, and I was like, no, I'm not good enough for them, like I'm not um." That kind of sounded like I was like underwater or something that was just my squeaky chair um but I think for me, I would just be like just sit at the table, you deserve to uh, sit across from that hot man, you deserve to you know be in that interview you deserve to you know be with that group of people like whatever it was, just sit at the table because I think for yeah. some I you know you just kind of in it. I don't even necessarily know that it's, like, imposter syndrome. Um, but, yeah, it was just kind of that feeling of less than. I'm not interested right. enough. I don't have the things to talk about. They're not going to really like who I really am. And the truth is, is that sooner or later, people are going to figure out who you are. So you may as well just show up as who you are because that's not going to go away. And I'm not saying be, like, really crazy at work. You know what I mean? Like, super wild and, like, is me and even though I've done that and I'm going to tell you it doesn't end so well oh my gosh I'm like there are people that have started working. and I'm like oh god <laughs> no. Jeez. but
0: yeah just sit at
1: the table I feel like it, the
0: thing is it's like I think that there's like you definitely like get at the table sit at the table know that you are worth it to sit at the table but also don't be a know-it-all at the table be there to mm-hmm. like Join the conversation. Don't dominate the conversation.
1: Mm-hmm. Listen, ask questions. That's actually in the, um, uh, I'm looking at my bookshelf. Where is it? How to win friends and influence people. That's like one of the, oh the things Dale Carnegie talks about um, that listening is one of the best skills that you can have. Um and and what you were talking about earlier of asking questions though, and he has a line in there um, which uh, <laughs> a catering gig I had which I was Terbott in LA. Like my one of my bosses said this one time, and I was like, "Whoa, this job just got really interesting." But he said, "To be interesting, you have to be interested." Yeah, and those are the most interesting those are the best people to work with too the people who like actually ask questions who who want to know i think that's that's awesome advice even for people now but yeah especially like because you feel like in the workplace you have to prove yourself and sometimes the person who like just shuts they you know they come across as like knowing more
0: yeah I'm like that's what like in my office the person I mentioned before with like you know the woman who's like in her 70s and she's always mm-hmm. trying to learn more it's funny because she sits right next to a person who is like 22 years old who apparently in somehow some way has like lived the life of everyone and then knows that, oh yes mm-hmm. when I did this when I did this I'm like four feet away from you is someone who's actually seen a whole lot yes. and lived through a lot and she's not bragging about it and not doing this but like there's so much that you're just you just want to be around this woman because you know that like she'll bring up of something of like oh back when I was working at this place and you're like what you were working there what was that like and so (laughs) it's just she's a national treasure this woman
1: I love her Mm. I love that I hope that people say that about us someday I know well you know I mean I could just see us living like the Golden Girls. You know, there has to be like a group of us because, you know, we'll be the last ones. The men won't survive. Okay, well, who would Jackie be? Jackie. Um... <laughs> <laughs> She's Rose. <laughs> She's Rose. I love you, Jackie. If you don't know who Jackie, I you, Jackie. is, Jackie. you need to go back to the All Around the World episode and um also the reincarnated book tour um but and that's where we talk about christy there so you know now you've you've met my friends um friend yeah but um wait so who would, who would shoot me i want wait what's the mom i
0: want i don't want to be the mom
1: yeah what's name? no that's not fair because yes. then I'm definite. Okay, so then I'm either Dorothy <laughs> or Blanche. Or and Blanche. I'm not.
0: Can I be a mix? Yeah, you can be a mix. You can be whatever you want. We don't have to be the designated
1: characters. I know, but still, but like, but then that means that you get a wicker purse, pocketbook.
0: You can borrow my wicker purse. <laughs> I'll leave you some candy. Or if like my 92. mom,
1: or if my mom lives, which I tell her all the time, I'm like, you know what? Your obituary is going to read, like, survived by no one. Like, <laughs> you like, tell your mom that? Do you not know that I, this is also getting kind of weird, but um, I write most of the eulogies or obituaries for my families. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm like the go-to person. I write some really freaking beautiful stuff. I'm pretty proud of so anyway so that's like a thing of like what would you write for mine I'm like survived by no one yes. you're gonna live forever <laughs> and that's Sophia so anyway well okay that's true interesting no but I, I honestly have always seen that in some way where I'm like you're gonna have to get all your friends together because it's the chances are pretty high why not all just be friends. And have a Lana. I want to go out on the Lana for a drink. And your little like heel flip flop things. House shoes. They're not really like house shoes. They're like, yeah, you have to wear like big flowy things. Yeah. I don't know how I would look like being like 80 years old wearing a hoodie because I love hoodies, but I'll make it work.
0: Exactly. People are like,
1: what what's even happening? You're not
0: gonna like grow up and then all of a sudden become a golden girl. It's like <laughs> those characters have happened and
1: moved on. It's your mm-hmm. own version. Be your own self, Amanda. Whatever. Now you're just like using all my words against me. So just really I still
0: crazy. have the book right here if you want me to keep going.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Um uh, well thank you for being my first guest for chatting with me i um I really appreciate the conversation. I feel that um kind of our conclusion too is like as much as these i don't know are different they're the same, and as much as they're the same they're different and um I don't know, my kind of overall feeling is that, you know, you kind of just take what you want from it and the stuff that's not working, like just leave it and you don't have to love it. You don't have to Instagram it. And if you Instagram it, just attribute it correctly. <laughs> give, people, give people credit where credit is due. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, But, I adore you, friend. Thank you so much for being I on. adore you. Oh, friendship. Um, yeah. And if you are not already in the Babe Cave Book Club, head on over to amandapollockcom slash book dash club. Sign up so you know what we're reading next week. You get extra bonuses and all kinds of fun things. And um, who knows? Maybe we'll talk about... Something that you send in, an insight, a question, observation that you have. Um, and you might just hear Christy on here again. I don't know. Let's hope I didn't scare her away. No, this isn't if there is anything that's gonna scare her away, this would not be the thing. Um are there any last words that you have, my friend? You want to leave people with putting you on the spot. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you so much. And I can't wait to be
2: with you next week.